0: Welcome to Servium, Latin for I Will Serve, a new podcast series from the Diocese of Rapid City, exploring the vocation to the permanent diaconate. Join me as I visit with some of the deacons who are fulfilling the mission of Christ as servants, sharing their gifts in Western South Dakota. I'm your host, Karen Gibis, and I'm honored to introduce today's guest. I'm blessed to have one of our deacon candidates join me today. Hello, Tim.
1: Hello, how you doing?
0: I'm good. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great.
0: So tell me a little bit about yourself, your family, what you do for a living.
1: Well, uh, we'll start with my family. I'm married to my wife, Valerie. Uh, We've been married about 34 years now. We kind of met about my senior year of high school and trying to get her through uh, college and me through a little bit of Navy time. We finally got married about five years later. It was a brief engagement. About nine months after we were married, we ended up having our first daughter, Jenny. And soon thereafter, uh, Shannon and Marty and Ellie and Claire all came around. So we we had a good full house going for quite some time. We have five kids. They were under five. And uh, we moved over to this side of the state. I would have to say it was 2017 is when we kind of came over testing the waters. I work for the VA. I'm the chief of prosthetics over there. And I had been asked to come out here just temporarily. And through the course of the summer, it became permanent. That's what landed us on this side of the state. But it's been a good journey.
0: So let's take a step back in time. Tell me about your childhood, what your parents were like. Were you raised in a strong Catholic family?
1: So my uh, mom and dad were both Catholics. Uh, they came from northeastern Iowa. We moved to They moved to Canton in '63. A couple years later, I was born. I was uh, number four in a family of, of seven kids. Every Sunday, found us running out the door, trying to make sure we weren't late for church, and jumping in the Ford station wagon and heading into town. So that was kind of our Catholic life at the time there. They raised us all to make sure that, you know, church was very important for us. Our Catholic faith was very important. Uh, and just growing up, just kind of carried that with me couldn't wait to have my first communion and so that I could end up on the altar serving at that point. And uh, and then confirmation was just a wonderful experience for me. So I look back and I don't think without my parents, it probably wouldn't have been that kind of a journey for me if, if they hadn't have made it such an important factor in our lives.
0: So that is a great foundation for your Catholic faith for passing it on to your kids and living your faith out in the everyday life. But when did you consider the diaconate?
1: I want to say probably about 82, I believe. Uh, Vel's uncle, Ed, he's a deacon. On the, he was a deacon on the east side of the state. He lived just a couple of miles to the east of us. And he was a deacon. And, you know, I just thought that that was kind of neat. I didn't know it was possible, for one. Um, it was the first experience I've ever had with a deacon through the course of my high school years, uh, dating Val, got to be in a lot of nice conversations with Deacon Ed and, uh, you know, really started to lean on him more spiritually. I guess it wasn't until, like, probably in the early 2000s where I really started seriously thinking about it for myself, you know, just thinking about everything that Ed did for his parishes or my home parish at the time. To me, it was seemed kind of... Uh, so oh, I would say not just a thought, but just I could see myself doing that someday.
0: So was that the point where you made the commitment to the diaconate, or was there more time in there to discern?
1: We had a lot of discernment time, actually. Uh, it's kind of a, a funny story, but uh, I think the first time that we seriously started knocking on, uh, on the formation advisor's door, it was probably about two, 2006, and Probably very, very serious about it at the time. And and unfortunately, uh, in the process, of when it was just about time to apply, our oldest daughter, Jenny, had passed away. And it just, at that point, we were so busy taking care of our kids and each other, trying to get ourselves through the grieving process. It just wasn't a good time for that. I, when I tell the story, I usually, I, I put that box up on the shelf for a while. And a few more years later, um, we were... Thinking about it again, they had started up a new formation cohort, and it was going to be in Huron, South Dakota, and I had decided that, yeah, I could probably make the trip to Huron for this, and uh, in the process of that, uh, we found that Val had been diagnosed with cancer, and so put it up on the shelf, and Mm -hmm. I think there was a couple times we kind of got close to it. Uh, One of the times we really, really got close to it, uh, we... We had just started uh, becoming foster parents uh, to a young lady and we had actually filled out the paperwork for the application for the diaconate and when Deacon Roger was over, he happened to be interviewing us and he kind of, you know, I think you better see how this goes first. (laughs) And he was right. It it took a lot of energy and uh, so it wasn't the time to do it at that point. So at that point, we just decided that put that box up on the shelf. I kind of put it out of my mind, and then we moved out here, and when we got out here, I hadn't thought about it at all. I kind of felt like, you know, we're out here. We really don't have a home parish at this point, and and that's kind of almost key in it. So I was just immersed in my new job. Uh, Val at the time was going to Daily Mass, and so if she couldn't go to Daily Mass at St. Francis, uh, she would go over to Our Lady of the Black Hills. She happened to be walking out of the mass one day at Our Lady of the Black Hills and stopped to pick a weed out of the garden and got into a big conversation with Joni Osnis. Joni had basically, after the conversation, saying, you know, if, if the Holy Spirit's been after you for 15 years, you better just answer the call because he's not going to let up. And their conversation was probably much longer than that. But when I had come home from, uh, from work that day, I had a really great day at work it was kind of interesting. I was talking about just how things at all was kind of wrapping up. It was just all fitting together, and it was like, I think we were meant to be out here. And Belle says, I think we were meant to be out here too. And I looked at her, and, and she said, uh, I think you're supposed to go into the it out here. And I had not been thinking about that at all at this point. And so I, I kind of thought that three times, and I was done with that. And I, I didn't think I'd have another chance to do it again. so that started our journey out here on this side of the state.
0: So when the Holy Spirit took that box down off the shelf and he opened it, it was time to answer. It was
1: definitely time to answer. Uh, when, a couple of times before, we were really busy. You know, We had our kids. We had both of us, uh, Val was a special ed teacher. So you know at the time, uh, she was putting just a tremendous amount of hours mm-hmm. in. So it probably would have, wouldn't have really worked too well because our wives have to go through it with us. And right. there's a lot of homework and and it's great that they do go through it, and I wouldn't discourage any wife out there thinking about it, but it it was just a great opportunity for, for both of us to go through it at this particular time when we could.
0: So that just shows that God's timing is the right timing. Absolutely. So tell me about some of the formation that you've had. Is there one aspect that's really stuck with you, that's impacted you, that you felt this is not necessarily for maybe the education aspect, but for your own personal growth.
1: Out here, I, I had tried uh, a few different times to get a spiritual advisor, and I had a couple different spiritual advisors on the east side, but nothing consistent enough. Uh, one of the things that I really liked out here was you know, this program. You have a spiritual advisor you're supposed to be seeing, and and I think that was a Holy Spirit moment as well, because I had, uh, I didn't know any of the priests. And so we get this list of the priests, and as we're looking through this list of the priests, I'm thinking, well, I kind of know Father Mark. I think a lot of people are going to go to Father Mark, and I didn't know anybody else really on the list, but I thought, you know, I'll take the guy from from Martin, because probably won't take that. And I could go for a road trip or two. Yeah. And I thought that would be kind of exciting. So, right. so thus my spiritual direction with Father Tyler started up. And Father Tyler really helped me through my formation. Uh, there's a lot of times throughout this where you feel like, are you sure, God, you want me? Are you really sure that I'm good enough for this? Or, you know, all these different things that come into play of this. And Father Father Tyler was just a uh, champion in, in, in the spiritual direction. And he was just... One of the things that I just always think about was, you know, he would say to me, just let the Holy Spirit love you into this. Mm. And at that point, once I could start thinking about that, when every time I would feel discouraged about it, I'd think about Father Tyler saying, let the Holy Spirit love you into this. And to me, that's what would pull me through most times in this journey.
0: That seems very powerful on not even just in the diaconate formation aspect, but just in your life in general.
1: Absolutely, Absolutely. that's
0: something I think everybody needs to hear. Just let the let him love you right into that.
1: Yes, that
0: it, it's a very gentle way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Which I suppose after your discernment of almost a couple of decades, <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing gentle about that process. It was up and down, up and down, and it probably felt like it was a questioning, do you really want me here? Do you really need me here? Words of wisdom from a priest you cannot replace, that oh. gift from God.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So are there other ways that God has worked in your life since you began formation?
1: Our home parish on the, on, in was in Brandon, South Dakota. Mm-hmm. It was a uh, risen Savior. Mm-hmm. And Early uh, or probably just towards the end or just before our daughter passed away, uh, we were doing um, Ministry of the Homebound. And uh, when she had passed away, we kind of got away from doing it because we just kind of had to really focus on family at that time and never really got back into it again. But uh, out here, there happened to be a moment in time where uh, Father Leo was a little bit busy one time. He had himself double booked and he just said, hey, could you go do Ministry of the Homebound? And I said, I would love to. And it was just so interesting because anytime you have any doubts and uh, that I would have any doubts, I would go do the homebound ministry and I would just be there and I would just say, this is the reason why you're here. If you have any doubts, look into people's eyes that are in front of you and know that I have sent you to do this. And I would just feel that so much in my heart that I just really, really, uh, Really, really love those moments in time with, with with those people.
0: What advice would you give someone who's considering the diaconate?
1: I would have to say, don't think that you have to have your mind all made up and it has to be a perfect time. One of the biggest things that I feel that you think that you have to know 100% sure that you want to be a deacon, I would say you have to know at least 70% that you need to be a deacon and you let God do the rest of it for you. There's going to be times where you might think that you're 100% go on this, and you're going to be in the middle of it, and maybe you don't feel like you are, but then there's those times where you feel 110% that you're where, where God wants you to be, and so don't wait for that perfect time when you think that it's all ready for you, and, and just just make it, just jump in and do it, and God will God will help you through it.
0: Right. Trust that God's putting you where you need to be, and that the formation will be there, and if it's not meant to be, He's going to let you know. Absolutely. What are you looking forward to the most as you come near to ordination, and and it's just there waiting?
1: Well, the, one of the funny things was is after we we finally figured out when the date was, uh, a couple of the, my daughters uh, and my nieces and were all right. Who's going to be the first one to have uh, deacon Uncle Tim? Uh, or Dad Tim baptized the the first baby, you know. So, <laughs> so that was one of the things I was really looking forward to. But I think what I'm really excited about, though, is you know we're in the uh, Eucharistic revival going on right now, and being more help with that, Uh, being able to maybe help out with adoration and have it more in evening hours uh, when people that are working maybe can't get to it. Uh, I'd like to be able to do that and help more people be able to experience adoration and become closer to Jesus in that way.
0: Well, thank you so much, Tim, for saying yes to the Rapid City Diocese and that Sioux Falls is loss and our gain. So thank you so <laughs> much for moving on to this side of the state and for answering the call.
1: You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you for your time.
0: This is Deacon Greg Sass, director of the Permanent Diaconate and Diaconate Formation. The diocese has been blessed to have seven men called to orders by Bishop Peter Mewage six as permanent deacons and one as a transitional deacon for the Diocese of Rapid City. Their ordination is scheduled for 5.30 p.m. Thursday, June 29, 2023 at the Cathedral of Our Lady of Perpetual Health in Rapid City. All are invited to attend the ordination. For more information, visit rapidcitydiocese.org, read the diocese newspaper, West River Catholic, or your parish's bulletin. For more information about the Permanent Diaconate in the Diocese of Rapid City, contact me at the Chancery, 605-343-3541.